0: FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Now, Cool. Hello and welcome back to 2021. Uh, I'm Chris Hudson and you are listening to Castaway, FIS's Freight and Commodity Podcast. I am joined this week uh, by Kerry and Tom, again, our usual Panellists, thank you guys for joining.
1: Happy New Year. guys! Hi guys, good to be back.
0: So today is the 20th of January, but what have we had happen since the start of the year? Well, worldwide COVID cases are almost at 100 million with over 200 million deaths. Uh, The capital was stormed by Trump supporters who disrupted the verification of electoral college votes. Uh, Despite that, Joe Biden will be confirmed as president in his inauguration later today. Uh, Brexit deal was finally reached with a free trade agreement confirmed on goods only. Uh, Italy's Prime Minister looks to cling on to power in a crunch vote of confidence uh, in the Senate. Riots have broken out in Tunisia as anger over poverty levels and unemployment have boiled over. Biden names Obama-era ex-Goldman Gensler as new SEC head. Uh, He was the previous head under Obama of the CFTC. Germany CDU picked its new leader, uh, who was a minister president of the state of North Rhineland, westphalia and uh, a win for Merkel allies. Several vaccines have been approved across the globe, uh, with, them now, with the race on to vaccinate as many people as possible, being led by Israel and closely followed by the UK. And Total cut its ties with the American Petroleum Institute, becoming the first major oil group to leave the US oil lobby since uh, its change of climate policy Right, let's move on to our main markets and our indexes for the year. Sorry. Uh, So, Brent, uh, we were at the start of the year. This is Tuesday the 5th versus Tuesday the 19th. 53.07 on the 5th, 55.89 now on the 19th, up 5.3%. Up again with the uh, as well with Sing 380, up 4.72%, at 327.15, Rot 3.5. At 315.15, up 6.15%. Uh, on the 0.5%, that's the low sulfur fuel oils, 6.8% up on the Sing 0.5 to so 432.20. 409.45 uh, closing for the ROT 0.5 up 7.55%. And on the implied high five values, 105.05 for the Sing up 13.81% since the start of the year. And ROT up 12.53% at 94.30. Kerry, what about the freight indexes.
2: Dramatic start to the year uh, with the capes uh, currently at 24,148 on the 5TC average and that is down 2,273 bucks or 9.4% week on week. However, up a rather remarkable 6,740 or 28% since the start of the year. And the Panamaxes are 13,170. Uh, that is down 297 bucks or 2.2% week-on-week, week, but up, again, 1705 or 12.9% since the 5th of January. And, Tom, we've
0: got positive index moves on the iron ore as well.
1: Yep. Uh, so, on the 5th of June, the fast market 65% contract was $184.65. Uh, we're now trading uh, just shy of $194, so 193 spot 95 Uh, And the uh, Platts 62% contract was trading $167.15, and now
0: at $170.25,
1: up 1.85%.
0: To finish off the indexes with tankers, up 22% on the TC2 to 110, TC5 down 17% to 78.21, also down on the TD3C to 29.50, and TD25 up 10% to 6875
1: I think it's just worth noting as well when we're talking about tanker rates, what's happened to the LNG rates over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs>
2: Remarkable. Remarkable LNG movement.
1: Which is the highest highest ever
0: rate a ship has been fixed for to move a commodity, I think. Talking about things. I mean, we started this podcast last year. Um, talking about $100 iron ore and all the three-digit things. And now we're knocking on the door of dollars, Tom, what is happening in this iron ore markets so since the start of the year?
1: Um,
0: the start of the year
1: relative to the end of last year has been um, reasonably muted. There's been some good volumes trading on the futures. Uh, and I think it is it is a continuation of, of the stories of last year, really. A lot of um, Chinese demand propping up the rest of the market. The market is still very, very tight. Um, uh, And that's sort of helping the market stay reasonably elevated. Um, You still got the threat of sort of China, Australia sort of mutually destructing one another when it comes to their sort of iron ore business. Uh, And that's helping keep prices elevated a little bit as well. That just playing in the background. Um, There's still congestion at ports um, in China. so, you know, the, the, the market is very tight, uh, but driven, broadly speaking, by uh, Chinese demand with some of the rest of the world sort of pre, anyway, pre the, the start of this year was starting to, to come back online. But obviously, Europe's now in fairly strict, the strictest lockdowns, I think, there have been since the start in Italy. Uh, and the US is looking pretty, pretty punchy from a COVID perspective as well at the moment. So it's it's all sort of China led to one degree or another uh, at the moment. Uh, In terms of some sort of takeaways for the week, um, some of the big miners have announced um, their production targets for 2021. Um, So BHP have announced uh, targets for a range of 277 to 288 million tonnes, which is slightly up from their last prediction. Rio Tinto expect their 2021 target to be in the region of 325 to 340 million tonnes, up slightly from their previous prediction of 324 to 334. So, you yeah, some, know, some not insignificant moves in, in targeted production for 2021. Um, we saw with the difficulties of this year um, how hard it was to accurately predict whether people were going to come in on target or not, particularly with some of that Brazilian tonnage. Um, but um we shall see what happens with regards to those two miners as the year progresses. Um, some delivery status uh into into China. Um, some delivery data um for the previous week. So Brazilian iron ore total delivery was 21.34 million tons, down 1.5 million tons week on week. Uh and Australian delivery tons into China was 15.34 million tons, down 2.5 million tons week on week. Um there's been some talk of, uh, well, there, there, there is a cyclone passing across the north of Australia at the moment, which has had some sort of, um, uh, has, has hit the news. Um, it looks like it's drifting away from any of the sort of main ports that could possibly be effective, um, and particularly the Coke and Coal ports as well. Um, so it doesn't look like that's having a major impact uh, in the short term. And then just looking at inventories um, in um uh in in china um inventories are structurally short um which does tend to support the mid and high grade oil prices so that sort of price support we're seeing is is is, um supported by that as well Uh, um and the chinese meals um have finally gone into negative production margin um in the north um so we'll see
2: what that does um to the price over the coming days uh um, well, exactly Tom. i mean i think one of the key points that perhaps some of the um some of the bears that we're still trying to call this market um uh, as one that would fall right at the end of last year uh we're, we're neglecting to look at those margins um and uh yeah for those who may not be aware you know that the mills generally don't stop buying ore until their margins go actively negative that has only yeah. just happened and it's worth noting, I think, that, you know, back in December, those margins were up at somewhere between 800 and 1,000 RMB per ton. So, you know, uh, highs for the year um, last year, if you if you look at the sort of average margins index. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, substantially negative, I don't think we can expect to see a slowdown in buying, but now is probably the time to look out for, isn't it? You'd have thought so if the
1: market behaved rationally, but as we saw yep. last year, that, that can't be relied <laughs> upon. <good>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's about it on the iron ore this week. Uh, a couple of points on the coking coal. I think the most notable point is that um, Chinese ports are starting to clear some of the, um, the backlog that we saw from uh, the sort of heightening tensions between China and Australia. So there's some... There are some, still some June laycans uh, offloading at the moment, uh, so that gives you an idea of how bad that backlog is. Um, but it feels like um, the the, well, the market is anticipating that the coal import restrictions on Australian tonnage should become looser in Q1, um, so you'd expect to see um, the coke and coal market react uh, accordingly coco and coal international coke and coal had become increasingly cheap last year relative to the onshore products. so you know those steel margin those steel mill margins that we were just talking about the the onshore mills were really getting hammered uh because it the the price competitiveness of the of their finished product relative to european and u s steel where uh due to the coke and coal yeah, input cost was was fairly striking um so we'll see what happens now uh if If Coca-Cola is allowed to flow more freely into to China again, if that has a positive impact on their margin, or it still stays in that negative territory, and a product
0: which is so China-centric, it's definitely worth noting that, in terms of a success story of a recovery from the virus, China's one of those, and its gross domestic product expanded 6.5 percent in the fourth quarter of 2020, uh, beating expectations. Uh, and it's one of the few countries which will actually end 2020 in the positive territory, unlike so many others with the, the disruption economically, which the virus has had. Yeah, it's pretty uh, remarkable that the implications that it has in terms of certain products. Definitely something to watch um, in terms of oil and products. Uh, we've had a fairly quiet start to the year on uh, derivative trading. Um, potentially, this is something we might not see clear until The Chinese New Year's gone, Uh, but we have seen a steady climb of crude prices across the start of the year, across 2021, uh, peaking this morning above 56.50 for Brent. And with that, we've seen a predictable uh, fall of the high sulfur crack, which has an inverse relationship to the movement of Brent. Uh, But that has had an implication in terms of, as you've seen from the indexes, which you pointed out at the start, uh, very good strength, especially in the very low sulfur fuel oil. And this has been driven by higher high five values, high five being the difference between high sulphur fuel oil and very low sulphur fuel oil. So the SYNC high five uh, was in the low 90s at the end of the last year, and now was pushed up to over 100, got to that three figure level broken through. Rotterdam high five, uh, we were the high 80s, and now we're pushing up to 95, and that's also looking towards to get to 100. So we're creeping back up to those three digit levels. Uh, We did discuss at the end of last year what was kind of more a natural level for it because we did collapse really quite low to the 40s and everyone was going, what sort of level is this? You know, it's really difficult in terms of, especially if you were someone who employed a scrubber, the difference between the levels was so small that actually it was a real difficulty. But it seems to be now settling back up again into more natural levels for the product, which is uh, for each one. Uh, Singapore high five Cal 22, just to give an indication, is 113 starting this year, much stronger than the Cal 21 counterpart at the end of 2020, which was below 100 level. Uh, Gasols have also risen along with Brent, with the Gasol East West and its usual Singer negative figure territory. Uh, but what we have seen, as with iron ore, the huge... Uh, i guess benefit for a lot of those in the oil market has been the resurgence in demand from china which has been the saving grace for the oil market without that i think we'd be in quite dire straits in terms of prices and anyone who is an oil producer Uh, top importers of crude oil had raised its refinery output by three percent in 2020 in china uh, even in the tough economic situation that we had and as we said china's domestic gross product has expanded quite considerably, beating expectations uh, higher growth than it was in 2020, right at the start, before the virus started. Uh, but we're looking at global analysts seeing oil prices climb. So there is an expectation that things will recover and continue to rise across 2021 when we get more normality, the return to normal economic activity, people back to work and the vaccine helping out and more vaccine rollouts and programmes being instituted. Worth noting out, worth noting that the week-ending 1st, uh, at the 8th of January, even EIA was uh, a draw of 3.2 million on crude, but builds and products. Uh, we are delayed on the API in the EIA this week because of the uh, US holiday on Monday. So that's what we have seen in oil. Uh, freight-wise, Kerry,
2: what have we seen? Well, the dry bulk market surprised everyone this year, moving sharply against seasonality for the big ships. Uh, although they've lost some ground in the past week, the big story here. Is the overall rise of nearly 30% since the start of the year on the Cape 5TC average. But what drove this? Well, I think we started the year with a near-perfect storm of owners expecting a seasonally weak C3 market, largely choosing not to ballast, to remain in the Pacific Basin, uh, just as a slight uptick of exports emerged from Brazil after that disappointing Q4. And then if you add to that, we had some extreme cold in the north of China, that literally froze a lot of vessels into port, um, severely delaying discharge and causing some significant congestion. Um, a reasonably healthy export level of iron ore from Australia. And uh, we got a market no one really expected. There is one other wildcard factor as well. A new requirement for Cape size vessels calling it Port Hedland to have a set of 120 ton safe working load bit and leads, which are uh, coming into force as of the 1st of February. Uh, which is a, a just essentially a new technical rule for calling at the port. Uh, that's going to tighten the tonnage supply a little bit for miners loading out of headland, uh, mainly BHP in this case. Um, so the paper, having moved a bit too fast at the start of the year, went from a low of just over 10K on that Feb contract uh, to a high briefly of 18,250 before chopping around a lot uh, at the $15,000 range with a lot of volatility where it remains today. The Panamax has also jumped, uh, as usual, moving in a slightly more restrained way than the Capes. This was driven by a very impressive East Coast South America grain export machine this year, Um, paired with a strong start to the year on NOPAC cargoes, actually, that helped support the Pacific Basin. Although we've seen those NOPAC grain cargoes have slowed a bit, easing rates in that basin, East Coast South America and the U.S. Gulf continue to offer fairly good support. And rates on the front-month paper went from a low of around 88.50 to a high of 12,200 before again drifting back down to where we are now, just under 10,000. Oh, thank you, Karen. Uh, in terms
0: of the tanker market, I've uh, seen a pretty rough start to the year for the VLCCs and the TD3C benchmark route, with time charge equivalents only going negative, seeing no real boost from kind of winter periods that you usually see in seasonality. Uh, biggest gold ticket VLCCs will be an increase in scrapping, which we could start to see help with uh, rates. This year we've already seen three VLCCs scrapped, uh, three more than in 2020. That's the, this point in, three, in 2020. Uh, increased scrapping will help remove that tonnage, and the oversupply fleet will supposedly bring up rates. So that's something we can keep an eye on and watch on. Uh, TC2 saw a good start uh, with a good number of cargoes available early in the month. Uh, but that's now settling back to around 110 world scale uh, as the month draws to an end. And the last product of this week uh, urea and phosphate. So, urea markets we are seeing surging in 2021. Uh, they've led significantly higher by uh, trading activity in the Nola urea. Uh, the bull run was based on strong domestic fundamentals, grain economics, and a strong prepaid demand, as well as a return to participants in the market after the wind down, or probably earlier wind down than usual years uh, for the holiday break in Christmas. Uh, What we're seeing in the markets, Nola Futures have gained over 60 bucks since this month in the nearby, trading 2.60 on the last trading day for the year for February, uh, up to the high of 3.24 last week for the contract. Same is true in international markets, meanwhile, those have rocketed too. Fiscal prices continue momentum they finished on in 2020, uh, both origin and destination markets. Uh, Supply has been tight globally, whilst Europe US and the time demand has picked up and potential for engine tender looms on the horizon within Q1. So all very positive there on markets for the urea. Phosphates also moving up. We've had, uh, there's also ridden the bull run in 2021 on on the back of fertilizer prices. Values have continued to firm up past the past week uh, and since the beginning of the year also faltering slightly in the late 2020s. Uh, we've seen a kind of resurgence now in the new year. As of Tuesday this week, values on the NOLA DAP futures traded well into the 420s and are well supported. Uh, most recent trades February futures reaching a high of 425, whilst March traded at 427. Uh, and Q1 values now at 40 bucks since the beginning of the year. So, all very positive on the fertilizer and phosphate markets. Uh, guys, anything to finish with before we finish uh, for this? Quick update on the start of 2021.
2: Not at all. Not at all. I think we've covered it all. It we'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, we are in the last few hours of the Trump administration and we'll be interested uh, to see what Biden's first moves will be uh, as he takes over this afternoon. So that
0: was 19 and a half minutes before Kerry mentioned Trump. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: just for me, I just wanted to add that, you know, we've started, you um, quoting and trading uh, CME Cobalt now, so um, battery metals market, um, so we'll be commenting on that moving forward, as I think that's an exciting new area uh, for us to, to keep people updated on uh, as the
2: market develops. We also brokered the very first trade on that, didn't we, uh, Tom? On uh, we side. did, yes. Yeah. So another FIS first. Exactly,
0: exactly. Fantastic stuff, guys. Thank you for joining me and doing an update on our main markets. And I'm sure that we'll be watching all the main movements going forward. And I guess first from FOS, congratulations to Joe Biden on becoming president later today in around about five hours. Uh, But apart from that, uh, do join us again next week for our usual Castaway
2: podcast. Thank you, guys.